0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory
1: Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernak. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Judges chapter number 5, and we'll begin reading in verse number 24. Judges chapter number 5 and verse number 24. The Bible says, Blessed above women... "'shall Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, be. "'Blessed shall she be above women in the tent.' "'He asked water, and she gave him milk. "'She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. Verse 26, she put her hand to the nail, "'and her right hand to the workman's hammer, "'and with the hammer she smote Sisera. "'She smote off his head "'when she had pierced and stricken through his temples.' At her feet he bowed, he fell, he lay down. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down dead. The mother of Sisera looked out at a window and cried through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the wheels of his chariots? Her wise ladies answered her. Yea, she returned answer to herself Have they not sped? Have they not divided the prey to every man a dams or two? To Sisera a prey of diverse colors, a prey of diverse colors of needlework, of diverse colors of needlework on both sides, meet for the necks of them that take the spoil. So let all thine enemies perish, O Lord, but let them that love him be as the sun when he goeth forth in his might, and the land had rest. Forty years.
0: Amen. Thank you. And you may be seated. You have solved the mystery now. You know uh, what the message for tonight is. It's a mother in the Bible, and it is a mother that I have never heard a message preached about. Now, I have to give this disclaimer. Maybe somebody preached it and I wasn't paying attention. You know, there have been some of those along the way, I'm sure. I hope you haven't had too many of those recently, messages that have been preached that you were there for but you didn't hear. But I'm just curious tonight, is there anybody, we got a lot of folks that you've been in church your whole lives, we got folks that have been in Bible college, when, and when you're in Bible college, you hear messages every single day in chapel. But has anyone ever heard a message preached completely and solely about the mother of Sisera. Anybody like that? I'm not going to quiz you and ask you what the title was or the points. Anybody at all? Well, I got to tell you, it's in the book, right? And all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And God laid it on my heart, this, this passage. And I'll tell you, to be honest with you, it was while I was studying about Deborah and while I was studying about JL. And I got to the end of this song. And, the, the question is asked about, uh, uh, the question was asked by Sisera's mother uh, Where is he? When's he getting home? What's taking him so long? And I'd like to preach tonight, with the Lord's help, I'd like to preach a message that'll be very simple. Uh, I hope it'll be short, and you hope it'll be short also, but I think it'll be helpful. And I'd like to preach tonight about a mother looking out her window. Would you notice verse 28, the mother of Sisera looked out at a window and cried through the lattice, why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the wheels of his chariots? Our Father, I pray you'd speak to our hearts tonight. We uh, certainly come before you as needy people. Uh, I I, I honestly do not know exactly uh, why you laid this message on my heart, but I know that you did. I do not know the needs of people that are here. I didn't even know who was going to be here tonight. But Holy Spirit of God, I'm thankful that you knew who was going to be here. And you knew the needs, and you knew what we would need to hear and what we would need to take with us this week. And I pray that you would speak to our hearts as we're here. I think of those who are listening tonight by way of radio, those who are watching us the service online. I pray that you'd speak to them and give them exactly what they need. And I pray that the Word of God would come alive. I pray that the Word of God would convict and and prick our hearts. And I pray that it would change us into the people that we need to be for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Judges chapter 4, we saw this morning, we read the account of Deborah and Barak. It is a historical account we read about this morning. We read about Jael. And uh, did you notice this morning how on a Sunday morning, especially Mother's Day, I tried not to be too graphic, but it's hard not to be graphic when you read the Scripture and you read about what Jael did to Sisera, the captain of the enemy army. The Bible says she took a hammer. She took a nail, literally a, a spike that you would use for uh, securing a tent. And she took that and she drove it into the head of Sisera. The Bible says, graphically, she drove it into the ground. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But in Judges 5, we find the song of Deborah and Barak. And in this song, we see the praise to God and we see uh, the recounting of the story of how God won the victory. And by the way, this is not just any song. This is a song that's recorded in scripture. And we know that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. This song, this was not just an artist taking liberty or using imagination, but this was the songwriter writing the account that was given by the Holy Spirit of God that gives a perspective on this battle that we would have never known we would have never seen. It's the perspective of what was going on at Sisera's hometown. It was what was going on while the Canaanites were waiting for their general to return from battle like he had many times before. But this time, it has a different result. I want you to notice in this passage, a couple thoughts. Number one, I want you to see of concerning Sisera's mother, I want you to see her concern. The Bible says in verse 28 that she looked out a window. You know why she's looking out the window? Because her son has not come home and he should have already been home. She's looking out the window because she has expected that he would already return. She's expected to hear the celebration of victory. She's expected to hear the wheels of those chariots. She's expected to hear the chatter. She's expected to hear the, the, the news that, yes, yet another victory. She is looking. But when she doesn't see her son, there becomes a note of concern. It says, why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the wheels of his chariots? There is concern. There is looking and watching and waiting and hoping and probably nervous waiting. Have you ever been waiting for someone to come home and they should have been home a long time ago? Thank God for cell phones, right? Now you can call. And if if they have their phone turned on or if they answer their phone. How many of you have a family member that will never answer their phone when you need them to answer? Anybody like that? All right, we got a few. Put your hands down. How many of you, you are that family member that will never answer the phone when people are trying to exactly. Uh I, I remember, I remember my mom and dad, this was years ago, but they would they would have a cell phone, they'd never have it on. And and I would say, Why do you not have it on? They said, Well, I didn't need to make a call. And I'd say, but you understand it goes both ways, right? I mean, you can actually receive calls in addition to making calls. But here's some concern. This was not the way it usually was. This was not what this mother expected. We see, number one, the concern. By the way, mothers have concern for their children today. Maybe you're here as a mother and Fathers should be more concerned. Sometimes they're not as concerned as they should be. But did you know that mothers are concerned? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 31 of the virtuous woman that she is concerned for her household. She is concerned that her household has food. She is concerned and she looketh well to the ways of her household. She considereth a field and buyeth it. She does so many things because she is concerned for the needs of somebody else. And friend, I want to tell you, we ought to be concerned for the needs of others. We ought to be looking out our window sometime and saying, who can we help? We ought to be looking out the windows of our lives and say, who can I be a blessing to? So many Christians, they get depressed, they get discouraged because they're waiting for somebody to come and help them. When in reality, that's not what God's called us to do. God's not called us to sit on a pew and wait for somebody to come to us. God's not called us to sit in our house and wait for somebody to come to us. He's called us to go and he's called us to serve and he's called us to look for opportunities that we can be a blessing. You say, well, Pastor, I I have a mother that is concerned about me. And you say, well, and, and, and I do too. I thank the Lord for it. You say, Pastor, my mother's in heaven. I wish that my mother could be looking out for me. I'm not going to preach this. This is I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention it. I'm not going to preach it. It's not a doctrine. But did you know the Bible says that there are windows in heaven? I believe that those who have gone before, I believe that God gives them some opportunities to look and to see. I don't believe they can see the sin. I don't believe they can see the wickedness. I certainly don't know that they could, wouldn't want to see anything that would depress them because I don't believe there's going to be tears in heaven. Uh, Although the Bible says that there will come a time when God will wipe away all tears. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, I know there are people down here that are watching us, but I believe there are people up there And can I tell you, I believe the folks in heaven, the the mothers and the fathers and the grandparents and the loved ones, the the, the spouse, the the, the children, uh, the the, the friends, the, the people that you've known that have gone on before. I believe there is a great cloud of witnesses. And you know what I think they're doing? I think they're cheering us on. I think they're telling us it's worth it. I think they're saying, keep on keeping on. I think they're saying, hey, keep on telling people about Jesus. Keep on teaching that class. Keep on running that bus ride. Keep on praying. Keep on doing what you're doing because it is worth it to serve the Lord. There are windows in heaven. I don't know if if people are are watching and looking after us like that, but I know somebody in heaven who's looking down. I know somebody in heaven who's watching over us and it is our heavenly father that cares about us and and wants to meet our needs and is watching over us every single moment of every day. But I see this mother, the mother of Sisera, number one, there was some concern. She's looking out the window. She's wanting to see when her son's coming home. But secondly, I see there's some questioning. She says in verse number 28, why? Why? Why is it so long? Why are they tearing? Why are they not back yet? Verse number 30, she asked the question, have they not sped? Have they not divided the prey to every man, a damsel or two, and to Sisera, a prey of uh, divers colors, a prey of divers colors, of needlework, of divers colors, of needlework on both sides. Meet for the necks of them that take the spoil. (laughs) It's like this mama knew the drill. She's like, every time they go to battle, this is what they do. This is how they do it. This is what they come home with. This is how they divvy out everything. And it's like she knew, and now she's questioning and saying, why are they not home? Why are they not back? Mothers, today, I believe, are questioning. Mothers, I believe, are are asking questions about their children. Questions like, when is my child going to get right with the Lord? When is my child going to come back to church? When is my child going to listen to me? When is my child going to seek the will of God? When is my child going to do what is right? When is my child going to wake up and realize that they're going down a wrong road? I believe there is questioning from mothers today saying, is my my child going to be okay? Cicero's mother had concern, number one. Number two, she was questioning, but number three, Cicero's mother sought counsel. The Bible says in verse number 29, her wise ladies answered her. Yea, she returned answer to herself. You know, it's important for all of us to be surrounded by wise people. Did you know foolish people rub off on you? But so do wise people. A companion of fools shall be destroyed, but he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. And here is a mother... And the Bible says she's got some questions. So you know what she does? She asks someone who has wisdom. And friend, I want to tell you, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. Every one of us, we need counselors. We need people that can help us and guide us. We need the counsel of the word of God. We need the counsel of the preaching and the teaching. We need the counsel of godly people who have gone before us, people that care about us, people that know God. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven fourteen, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Sometimes here's how we get counsel. We go around and we ask as many people as we have to Until we find somebody who tells us what we want to hear. That's not good counsel. That is not the way you want to seek counsel. You go to somebody, and you say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this person? What do you think about this job? What do you think about this opportunity? And when people start saying, I wouldn't do that, that's probably not a good idea. That's probably not going to help you spiritually. And then finally, you find one person that says, oh, yeah, go for it. And what do you do? You leech onto that. Friend, did you know God puts people in your life and God puts some counselors in your life to help you and to guide you? And and you say, well, pastor, I'm so glad you're preaching this to the teenagers and the young people because they need to hear it. And and yes, they do need to hear it. But can I tell you, I've seen some adults that have made some foolish decisions that if they would have sought some counsel, if they would have gotten in the word of God, if if they just would have sought some advice from somebody who'd been down the road, they could have saved themselves a lot of heartache. Proverbs 15, in the multitude of counselors, they, purposes, are established. Proverbs 24, 6, for by wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war, and in multitude of counselors, there is safety. Mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, teenagers, uh, grandparents, senior saints, we all need the counsel of the word of God. That's why we need to be in the house of God. That's why we need to be in Sunday school. That's why we need to be in Bible study. That's why we need to every day open the Word of God and say, God, speak to me because I need counsel. I believe mothers need the counsel of the aged women. Titus 2 talks about this. It says that the aged women, that they may teach the young women to be sober to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste, to be keepers at home, to be good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. I'll say this, ladies, you need to talk to some ladies that are older than you, that have been down the road, that have stayed faithful to God, and men the same. We need to talk to some men that have been down the road and they've loved God and they've served God and they've been faithful. You know why? Because they've got wisdom. Because they've got some understanding of things that we don't have. I said it this morning, and I'll say it again. Uh, I'm so happy that my wife, that she uh, she finished that book, that she did that book. But here's what she says in that book. She says, I've not, I've not been there. I've not done that. I've not raised my children yet. She tells about lessons she learned from her mother who had been down the road and who did go down the road and who finished her course. But my wife also says in that book, she says, but here's what the Bible says. And friend, I want to tell you, my advice, your advice may or may not be right. But what the Bible says is true and what the Bible says will not change. And we need the wisdom that comes from the word of God. This mother, she asked her wise ladies, she asked them, she said, hey, what do you think? What's going on? And says she returned answer to herself. <laughs> I like that. You know, sometimes you already know the answer. Have you ever been talking to someone, and, 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 and I've done this, and, and I'm sure many of you have, but somebody says, I need to talk to you. I need to, I need to ask you some questions. And I listen, and I, I listen, and I, here's a lot of what I do in counseling, okay? Mm-hmm, okay, all right. And you know what's amazing is sometimes people answer their own questions. Have you ever done that? It, it's just, sometimes it just helps you just to talk through it. Sometimes it helps you just to hear yourself say it. And at the end of the day, you need to figure out what does God want me to do? What does the Bible say about this? And then do it. Don't don't try to justify it. Don't try to figure out all the loopholes. Don't try to take the scripture and twist it so you can do whatever you want to do. Just do what the Bible says. And there must be some counsel. There must be some wisdom. Number four, I see in this passage, I see the conclusion. Now, don't get too excited because this conclusion is going to take a little bit longer than most conclusions of messages. Verse 31, Deborah and Barak, they're singing this song. They're giving the perspective of Sisera's mother and the questions that are asked and the the concern and, and the counsel that she sought. And verse 31, the conclusion is Deborah and Barak say this. So let all thine enemies perish, O Lord. But let them that love him be as the son when he goeth forth in his might. And the land had rest 40 years. The conclusion is that God won the victory. The conclusion is that Sisera, who was an enemy of God, he and his army were destroyed. Now Sisera had returned many times before. He was the general. He was the leader. He had a mighty army. He had returned many times before, but this time was different. Maybe we could say it like this. As an enemy of God and as a man that was walking contrary to the ways of God, he got away with it many times before. And may I remind you tonight that just because you have gotten away with sin doesn't mean that that's the way it's going to end. Just because you have said, I've done this and I've done this, and hey, actually, things are going good for me. Things are fine. Hey, look at me. Hey, I'm living however I want to, and I'm having the time of my life. Well, the Bible has an answer for that. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth that, shall he also reap. And he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Judgment came to Sisera. Look at how Sisera was defeated, chapter 5, and look at verses 24 through 27. It was Jael, the wife of Heber, that the Bible says she shall be above, uh, blessed above women in the tent, He asked water and she brought him milk. She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the nail and her right hand to the workman's hammer. And with the hammer, she smote Sisera. She smote off his head. When she had pierced and stricken through his temples, at her feet, he bowed. He fell. He laid down at her feet. He bowed. He fell where he bowed. There he fell down dead. Judgment came to Cicero. You know, in the world's eyes, Cicero was a successful man, wasn't he? He was the general. He was the leader. He was the who's who. Everybody was following him. Everybody was looking to him. Cicero was a selfish man. What was it that his mother said? She said, hey, I know they're coming back. I know they're going to have spoil. I know they're going to have treasure. I know they're going to have a whole lot of stuff. Can I tell you, be very careful when you are successful in the world's eyes because success in the eyes of the world is not the same as success in the eyes of God. I've known some people that have been the biggest success in, 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 in ministry and the people have been the biggest success spiritually, and you know how much money they had? Not much. You know how big their house was? Not very big. You know how much they had in, 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 in bank accounts and 401Ks and retirement? Not a whole lot. And by the way, if you have those things, that's not a bad thing. Those things are not wrong. But if that is why you are living, you are setting yourself up for disappointment because riches don't make you happy. The Bible says that riches, uh, they make themselves like wings and they fly away as a bird in the heaven. Uh, those things, they come and they go so quickly. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. You better be very careful. It's not wrong to have things, but it's wrong for things to have you. Sisera was successful. He was selfish, but I see also, I see that Sisera was shattered. Physically, he was smashed. Physically, he was shattered. Physically, he was destroyed. But can I tell you, I'm talking spiritually tonight. Did you know that the end of the way of the transgressor is hard? Did you know he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy? Sisera's life ended in destruction. Sisera's life ended in a tragedy. And I want you to notice how that ended. Jail took a hammer. You say, Pastor, what in the world does that have to do with anything? I'm glad you asked. Did you know? We don't need any more Ciceros, but we certainly need some more JL's. We need some JL's that spiritually will get some victories. We need some JL's that will say, hey, with God's help and by God's grace, I'm not going to let that old devil keep beating me up. I'm not going to let the world take control of my life. I'm not going to let the flesh dictate what I do. I am going to get the victory. The Bible says she used two items. One was a hammer. Now, I'm just telling you what the book of Jeremiah says, but the Bible says in Jeremiah 23, is not thy word, the Bible, is it not like a hammer? You know how you're going to get the victory over the world, the flesh and the devil? By the word of God. You're saying what else? That's it, (laughs) the word of God. You say, but what about this? Or what about that? Or what if I do this? Or what about my experience? Or what about this idea? Hey, if it's in the Bible, if the Bible says it, go for it. If the Bible doesn't say it, I wouldn't waste my time. We need the victory through the word of God. But then it says that she had something else. She had a nail. Now, I don't know what her nail looked like, but I know it was used to secure a tent. I know it was big enough to drive it through somebody's head and stick it into the ground on the other side, I think it was a pretty big nail. I don't know if it was this big. But I'll tell you what, that's not messing around, is it? And you know, as Christians, we don't need to mess around. As Christians, we don't need to play games. As Christians, we need to destroy and defeat the enemy completely. Uh, so many times, here's what we do: we, we we try to take sin and we try to stick it in a drawer, or we try to stick it in a compartment, or we try to stick it somewhere and and just you know kind of leave it there, and then maybe we hopefully won't go back to it. You know what you need to do with it? You need to burn it. You need to just to, to destroy it. You need to get rid of it. The nail. You say, what in the world is a nail? Well, in the Bible, in Isaiah chapter 22 and. Verses 23 and 25, the Bible talks about a nail in a sure place. And I'm just, I'm making application. This is not what Judges chapter 5 is saying specifically about the nail that Jael used. I'm just making application. But in Isaiah chapter 22, the prophecy is given to the nation of Israel about a nail. The Bible says that that nail would be a nail in a sure place. It is a reference, it is a prophecy to Jesus Christ who would come and who would be the anchor and who would be the security. He would be for the nation of Israel what no king, no prophet, no priest could ever be because those people would come and go. But Jesus Christ would come and he would be a nail in a sure place. You know how we're going to get the victory over the Sisera's? You know how we're going to get the victory over the enemies that that, that are fighting against us every day in the spiritual battle? We're going to get the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he is the victory. He is the only way we're going to get victory. I see the conclusion. Sisera was destroyed and God's people were victorious. The Bible says in Judges chapter 5 and verse number 28, the mother of Sisera She looked out a window and cried through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? The Bible talks about another parent. In this case, it's a father. And the Bible tells us in the book of Luke that there was a father who was waiting. He was watching for his son to come home. And I got good news for you. That story had a happy ending. Because that father was watching for that prodigal. I'm sure he was wondering, is he coming home? When is he coming home? Why is he taking so long? Will I ever see him again? And guess what the Bible says? He saw him while he was a great way off. And you know what the father did? He ran to meet him. You may be here today and you say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I've got a a child. I've got a grandchild, I've got a friend, I've got a family member, I've got a relative, I've got somebody that is so far from God and I'm watching and I'm just waiting. And I tell you, keep on watching, keep on waiting, keep on praying, keep on believing because I'm glad that prodigals can come home. I'm glad that people that are backslid and wayward, I'm glad that there is still room at the foot of the cross for people to get right with God. Maybe I'm talking to you. And you say, Pastor, how could you be talking to me? I am in church tonight. And I say, wonderful. But it's possible to be in church and to be physically present. But spiritually, to be a million miles away. Maybe tonight it's time for you to come home. Maybe it's time for you to get right with the Lord. I don't know what the need is. I told you at the beginning. I didn't know who's going to be here tonight. But God knew.